Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome back or welcome to my podcast. My name is Carly and I am so excited to be here co-creating with you within the amazing universe which we live. Today I am back with another high vibe interview of yet another spiritual seeker who is all about living in the moment and connecting with our deeper consciousness. Today's guest is Indra, and me and Indra discuss some very interesting concepts of consciousness as well as awakening. We dive deep into the four ways of conscious living, the true definition of awakening, as well as tips for your spiritual journey, whether you're just starting out or you're a seasoned spiritual soul. We also briefly discuss Enneagrams and what exactly they are and how getting your Enneagram reading can help you release any limiting beliefs or anything which is holding you back from living and tapping into your true authentic self. So, beautiful soul, are you ready? Then let's co-create. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back or welcome to my podcast. I am here today with another incredible guest. I'd like to welcome Indra. Indra considers himself a spiritual seeker who offers healing, guidance, and life readings to his clients. With over 50 years of astrology experience in combination with personality enneagrams, it is Indra's mission to help clients discover or remember who they truly are. So welcome, Indra. I'm so excited to have you here today. So before we discuss some of your techniques on how you help people tap into their self-discovery, why don't you just share some stuff about yourself and what exactly you do and maybe your spiritual journey? Well, my spiritual journey, how much time have you got? (laughs) Uh, In the early 70s, I, I discovered metaphysical bookstores, which I didn't really know anything about them, that they existed before. But these were places where we could find answers to the questions we didn't even know existed yet. So I started reading spiritual books and I started reading astrology books. And here I am 50 years later, became a world traveler. After a period of that, these teachings became apparent. They wouldn't leave me alone. I knew all along that it was going to end up here, but I had no idea how I would get there. And I I didn't really care. Uh, You know, I'm not that attached to any of it, to tell you the truth. But that doesn't mean that I have no passion for it or that I don't feel guided to do what it is that I do. But it's basically, it's not me. The teachings come through us. The things that we teach are things that we need to learn. And so I'm learning just like you because we're all the same, because there is no separation. And so healing me heals you, healing you heals me, and I'm not doing any of it. I love that. I love that. I've um, (laughs) recently started really like understanding and tapping into the notion that we really are all one and all connected. And I must say, it's one of the most powerful discoveries that you could make. Because now when it seems like you're looking outside of yourself, especially when it seems like, you know, there might be conflict between you and someone else, 
you kind of see them in a different light when you understand that they're just a reflection of you and they're part of you. So that's been something that I recently started embracing in my spiritual journey. And it's really transformed like everything for me. Beautiful. Yes. Well said that there is no other. I remember uh, waking up in an uh, oldest city in the world in India, having this for four days reverberate. There is no other. There is no other. There is no other. And when we surrender to what is, then we have everything. There is no barriers anymore holding us back from whatever it is that we feel or want or need, especially when we let go of the want or need. It isn't that we want or need it, but it's our time. To be happy with I have it and to be happy with I don't have it, the rest of it is gravy. That's so true. So beautiful. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I was looking on your page and I saw you mention four doorways to conscious living. So yeah. I wanted to tap into that. If you could maybe um, explain what are your techniques to deeper self-awareness and discovery through the four doorways of conscious living. I spend three hours or more with clients, giving them a life, reading them, taking them through three and four and five different modalities in order to help them to know who they are rather than who they think they are, which is their personality. And so at the end, they say, well, what do I do with this, Indra? And I say to them, let me tell you about the four doorways to conscious living. And so the first doorway is learning to observe. That we have to learn that we, we take the ideas of what I teach them and you take your life lessons and you learn to observe. You, you observe your reaction to life's events, your, your reaction to somebody shows up or somebody doesn't show up. And so you learn to observe where you have stuck in place, where you find yourself to be less than where you where you see that you get uh, opinionated and judgmental and then you the second doorway is you let go and release what doesn't serve you i like to read this quote of letting go i i, I do recommend this book letting go by david hawkins letting go involves being aware of a feeling letting it come up hang with it and letting it run its course without wanting to make it different or do anything about it it means simply to let the feeling be there and to focus on letting out the energy behind it. When letting go, ignore all thoughts. And so the second doorway is to let go and release what doesn't serve us. And then the third doorway is love yourself. And so when we let go, then we love ourselves. And the fourth doorway, living in the moment. And so when we're in the moment, we love ourselves. If we're not loving ourselves, we're not in the moment. So how do we love ourselves? Is by letting go and releasing what doesn't serve us. And how do we know what to let go and release? We learn to observe. We need to watch our life from the uh, from the audience, not from the screen. That we learn to get a detached witness viewpoint, point of view, POV, in order to be able to make discernments about how we're reacting to what the stimulus is around us. That all resonates with me. Um, I think it's very important to talk about like the observing as well as the letting go. Cause I know like within the spiritual community, law of attraction, especially there's this very big emphasis on only thinking positive thoughts. And if you think anything negative, you should hurry up and try to change your thoughts. But sometimes people miss the step of just observing your feelings and observing your emotions and realizing that you are more than them. They're a part of you, but you're more than them. And there's no reason to identify with them or judge yourself and in effect, judge others. And just having that outside point of view, I feel like a lot 
of people are able to step back into their power when they're able to observe their thoughts in that way and realize that it's not the whole story. And I feel like essentially it's the meaning that we give to these um, feelings or these emotions or these thoughts that come up. And that's what tends to sometimes derail people when they have certain thoughts, they tend to maybe identify and start assigning meaning and, oh, maybe because I think this way, that means I'm a bad person or this person's a bad person. And you just kind of go on the spiral. But when you allow yourself to step back and just observe, you realize that that thought is a separate entity than you. Absolutely. What, what comes up in my mind as you were speaking is, is this idea of, well, I want it. And mm -hmm. so there's this heart energy. I feel it in my heart. So the heart can be connected to the head. It can be connected to the gut. Yes. And it can be your intuition. And it can be really pure. And it can be really open and total truth. But it also can be connected to your head. And it's kind of like, I kind of, you know, like I'm completely open and it's all the universe, you know, but I kind of want this. And if I don't get it, I'm going to be pissed off. Hmm. And that is not intuition. That is, that's your third eye is pretty close at that point. And what you're dealing with at that point is that's ego. There's nothing wrong with that. The thing is, is, uh, you know, to at least know that it's your ego and that you realize that you have some objectivity that, uh, that, that, that when you have enough experience, the fact is that at some point you're going to get to a point where you're going to say that, uh, that the ego stories, they, they tend to, they, they tend to have highs and lows. They're a little bit like a sugar high and they're not really satisfying or long lasting that if you want that long lasting, you know, non-sugar high that you're just writing easy all the time, then you're going to have to get out of ego and you're going to have to just let go and, 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 and surrender to uh, surrender all preferences. I don't know any other way. The only way is either it happens right away or it happens over time. But the thing is, I feel like we're all born knowing. I really do feel like all of this is a remembering. And it's like, even when you talk about like the past lives, I'm like, I wonder if this is the first time I've made this discoveries that I'm having now, or if I had them before, and that's why it's so easy for me to grasp. But then at that point, it kind of turned into, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg? It doesn't matter. I'm here now. Yeah. And I get to experience it. And I think that's where all the, the fun is. I feel like it's also finding a balance. Like, like you said, like a lot of the things that we want um, tend to be ego driven, but then also realizing that we are part of this 3D matrix where we are allowed to, you know, go after like physical or like material, emotional things. And that's where a lot of fun yeah. is. But like you mentioned, I, I really do believe the secret behind all of it is kind of having that detached feeling, like knowing like, oh, I want to experience these things, but I just want to experience them because I'm worthy of them. Life is great. And why not? And not from the obsessive energy of I have to have this and it has to happen now it has to happen this way just being like you know what I'm I'm a amazing creator I play within the universe I want to experience this and I'm just I'm just open and I'm just having fun I feel like that's a very powerful um, energy to be in absolutely uh the only problem is you have to be pretty discerning because mm -hmm. we think you know we think this time I'm free no, I wasn't free this time. Next time, this time I'm going to be free. 
this is it. I'm really free now. No, I wasn't really free then either. You know, and that's fine. The You're absolutely right that the pleasures of the world are here for our enjoyment. And the problem is, is if we get attached to them, then we're not in the moment. And then, and then we can feel that pain of our attachments. Now, I'll keep my needs simple because, because in the moment, everything that I need, everything that I want is here. You know, it's, it's by its definition that it's, the moment is so complete <laughs> that it doesn't occur to me that something's missing. For me, like in my current perspective, um, it's kind of like, like you said, like not having that feeling like something's missing, but kind of just realizing the pleasures and the fun things in life and just having that energy of, like I mentioned, not needing them, but just like, all right, like this would be cool or this would be interesting. Because I feel like sometimes what happens is people diverge their power from within to the outside sources. Because like you said, a lot of people think they'll find their freedom or their happiness in their joy in other things. Um, mm. So it's it's kind of like finding that balance of knowing that in this present moment, because everything get ex gets experienced in the now anyway, you know, there's no other option. Even the future, it happens now, the past happened in that now, just realizing that that love and that power, that abundance, that stability, whatever it is, is already inside of you. And, you know, sometimes those 3D manifestations, they're as a response to that, but they they don't lead to it. You already are whole and you already are complete. You know, these things are just secondary. They're just as a result of what you're feeling already inside, where the true power is. Absolutely. So using these four doorways of um, conscious living, what type of techniques do you suggest that would allow for like the deeper self-awareness and discovery? So for example, when it comes to learning to observe, what are your um, suggestions for that? as well as letting go and living in the moment and loving yourself. Um, how can you tap into these doorways and what are certain ways of thinking or internalizing in order for them to be open? Well, that's, yeah, there's a big question. So <laughs> I think the observing, I think that starts with just, just remembering to speed up the process of coming back to whatever it is that you want to remember that you, you that you want to observe rather than go mindlessly through a an encounter that you stop yourself and catch yourself and say why am i thinking i should have dressed better why do these things come up and what is it that's triggering me you know uh, well just asking the what am i feeling and then going into the you know either then or later on as to what what was at the what was at the core of those feelings in order to take them apart in order to be able to let go and release letting go and release is just simply letting go and many people feel it as a tension in their body and then they are able to let go of that tension in their body. And that tension is this holding. And it doesn't matter what the holding is. You don't need to know what it is. You may need to know what it is in order to start looking for what you feel. But anything that you find along the way, if you're going into the fridge and you've got leftovers from a week ago that you know are bad, if you see some other leftovers in there that are bad, even though you weren't looking for them, 
throw them out too. And yeah. so whatever you're observing, whatever you find, whatever you find attention is let it go. You don't need to know what it is. And uh, loving yourself is being free, is surrendering. Loving yourself is, is no exceptions. It's no right or wrong. It's no attachments. It's no judgments. It's no objects. It's just loving yourself is just an attitude of loving. And that you are included in there, that you don't limit to only the inside or you don't limit it to only the outside, mm -hmm. but that it is so pervasive that it, that it touches everything. And then, and then you'll just be in the moment. There won't be a need to check. You don't have to ask. It's when, as soon as you forget about it, then you're in the moment. But the idea that it's without a trying, it's, it's an effortless place. It just appears. So just basically allowing us to find those moments, especially throughout the day, to just be present. There are times I would just, like while I'm working, I would just focus on my breathing. There's just like little things that bring us in the present moment, or even like if we're talking to someone, because it's like how many times you're in a conversation and you're not actually listening, your brain is formulating a response. But like just being really present is definitely uh, very powerful. I was going to say that it's something, like you say, it's something you can do at the grocery store. It's something you can do in the car, getting to the grocery store. When the butcher is busy and you're getting impatient, that's a great time to practice it. And in fact, you could say that perhaps this is what life is about, is for having these moments. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I've heard that. That yeah. could be the total purpose. Yes. Those moments of annoyance, someone cutting you off in traffic. How present do you get when someone cuts you off in traffic or says something insane to you or you just hear something bizarre the baby crying or the car alarm going off all of those things they kind of force you to be very present because sometimes you just can't ignore them uh so it's very funny that you mentioned that because i've heard that before and i'm like you know what that's very it's very true <laughs> And in fact, those are God. Those annoyances are God too. That's God talking to you. God whispers to you. And then when you don't listen, then he or she speaks. And then when you don't hear that, then he speaks more directly. And then when you don't get that, then we need to get our attention called to it. You know, you need to take care of your body. You know why? Yeah. Because you, mm -hmm. because you had to go to the hospital with an episode. So it's time to take care of your body. You couldn't get it any other way. And this is God too. This isn't anti-God this is also God like us yes exactly and also just like us too because like you said there is only one and there's no other so like in the same way because I know like growing up with religion for some people it's hard to also conceptualize that they're also an extension of God and they're only being one consciousness they are also that God presence and I also really resonate with um, what you said about sometimes like us being sick or like those hard hardships happen sometimes those are the moments that really allow us to like you said surrender and just kind of just be very open and I feel like that's when the true power and comes from within and it's like those moments where it's like you were kind of maybe misaligned you weren't fully balanced so your body's just responding and just letting you know like hey there's just some misalignment here and it's like kind of being the observer even in that situation and just saying like all right I just need some fine tuning instead of maybe going down the route of oh like my body just isn't good enough like I can't do this like now I'm sick like what am I gonna do 
I feel like that's also like a beautiful perspective to just realize like, okay, I just, this is just allowing me to be present. And it's just surfacing some things that I may not have been aware of. I feel like that's a, it's a nice perspective to have um, when those moments do show up. Absolutely. It's all for our own. It's our show. It's all for our own enlightenment. I think otherwise you become a victim and then you're, and then you're stuck. There's no way out. There's all the windows are locked and, and the light doesn't come in those windows. How do you stop them is to let go of the identity with self, is to let go of our our, our being a person and having a need separate from other people and other needs that were the uh, a drop in the ocean. And so yeah. then we're the ocean too. Yes, exactly. And just like, again, there is no other. So no one's doing anything to us. It's just us. Everything is just us. So what is some advice that you have for people on their spiritual journey? Any advice you have for those of us who are beginning our spiritual journey, as well as for anyone who wants to deepen their spiritual journey? Wow, that's that's a big question. She advice for people that are new on the spiritual path. Be open. Don't have any expectations. Read as much as you can. Talk to people. Don't belittle yourself. You know, I've been in teachers in India. I mean, other people, I maybe use this technique, but they say, say your question because there's, you know, if you have this question, there's probably 10 other people in the room that have the question. So the idea is, is that there's no silly question. There's no stupid question. And it's a journey. It's not about a destination and you're not starting. Yes. Oh, even want to be on it means that you're already been firmly on it. The fact is that you follow what your intuition tells you, you know, draw to you what's interest, what's interesting to you for a particular reason. You don't need to know the reason. It may become apparent, but it may not be for 10 or 20 years. That doesn't matter. The only one it matters to is your ego and to your mind. You can't get off of it, you know? So it's it's, it's a continual journey and uh, there's no correct speed. There's no correct ending place. There's no uh, correct breadth or depth. It just is. You accept what comes to you and you admit the challenges that it provides you and your insecurities. You just start. And then one day you look up, your immediate goals have been attained. You've attained more than your immediate goals. You know, I don't make any decisions with my mind make them with my guts because the decisions of the mind have criteria and weighing. There's a lot of scales in the mind. Yes. How do you differentiate between mind decisions and that gut feeling? Well, how, how you do is just how it feels. It just feels differently. You know, it's a difference between I love you and I want to live with you forever. And I love you. And I, I just want to have intimacy tonight. There's yeah. a, <laughs> You know, it, it could be the same words, but yet you kind of can feel a different feeling there. And head to gut is more sensitive. Maybe the third or fourth time, you're pretty clear about what the I love you means. You may not be the first time, but the third or fourth time you get better with it. But the head and the gut, that's uh, that's more of a, a, life, a lifetime achievement award. And so the thing is, is that you just keep practicing. So there's no wrong answer. If it was your head and you followed through and you got muck on you, then then wash it off and, and try again. But that's how you learn. That's the only way that you know what's the gut in the head is through practice. I love that. That's incredible because it also lets people realize that there's not a big to do. Because I know sometimes within the spiritual community, it's like you want to reach this high level of enlightenment and 
it's kind of just like, no, there's like, you're learning as we're learning. And it's just like an evolution. It continues to just deepen. And it's just following your intuition and knowing your own path. And yeah, there's like so many of us like all over the world and we can help each other and add to each other's journey. But understanding that your journey is your own journey. So if something resonates with you, again, follow your gut, use it. And if not, then that's okay. It doesn't mean that you did something wrong or someone else did something wrong. Although there is no other. We're in separate bodies. Yeah. So there is, you know, I mean, if you don't eat, I may feel compassion that you're hungry, but I may not directly feel that hunger. So, yes. so we are in separate bodies, but the fact is, is that we're not disconnected. There, there is not a, it is not possible. It's possible to feel disconnected, but it is not possible to be disconnected. And, and in that lack of in that connection there is the the opportunity which you made me think is is the fact is how we bring each other along that your successes bring me closer to my successes yes totally i was actually talking to one of my friends about this the other day because it's like jeff bezos and elon musk they're on their way to being the world's first trillionaires but then it's also realizing well they couldn't get there without us and without us contributing to them and it's like everyone really is connected even in that type of like material wealth type way even in that example you can see how they wouldn't be able to be where they are if it wasn't for other people you know and it's kind of understanding like you said we're all in these separate bodies but we are the one same consciousness and I feel like that's where the compassion um, lies when we're able to look at others and realize at the core of at the core of it, we are all one, and we all come from that same beautiful source. Absolutely, remind me of uh, of the image of the uh, that the concept Indra's net. Have you ever heard of that? No. So it happens to be that it's the same as my name. It's not that I invented it or anything. This is a Buddhist concept, Indra's net, that came around 400 BC, I believe. There was a net placed over the entire universe, and everywhere where the nets strings or the net wires met in a cross crisscross pattern there was a faceted jewel placed and the the value of the faceted jewel is that it reflects everything to everything else so that the universe is is contained by Indra's net where everything is reflect is reflected to everything else and it's all interconnected that there's nothing that's isolated or separate from anything else oh that's so deep I love that that's awesome thanks for sharing that absolutely so what is your definition of a spiritual awakening and how can you experience it but it seems like we're already experiencing it, the fact that we're here. So what's your take on awakening? So awakening, interestingly enough, I had a, I had a teacher in India, a Western man that we sat with in India for many years. And uh, he, he had this perspective that the, that the awakening experience that most people are talking about in Facebook, that that's really should be called a pre-awakening that there is a process that has been noticed that there is a 20, 15 to 20 year period afterwards that awakening that people that have this pre-awakening experience go through before this awakening deepens into what would be more rightly called awakening. So people get this idea that they need to teach, that they've had an awakening, now it's time to teach. This is something that I'm sure you've seen. This is very popular right now. 
and and a lot of those people are are still kind of in their ego that that it is a that they've had a moment of clarity that they've had they've touched into something much larger to them and they may and in many cases they have a, a lot of wisdom to share but it isn't ripe wisdom so what is ripe wisdom if you ask so ripe wisdom it comes from discernment it comes from being able to be in it but not of it that is i can i can talk about it or i can not talk about it and mm-hmm. and and i can talk about it and i can say that it's not actually me that it's coming through me it's not actually me it's not actually my wisdom it's not actually my power it's just it just is it's god's it's god if you want to assign it to god uh i like the phrase cosmic intelligence that it is just it's just a power that is and in this i bow down to its power but i don't bow down to it as being separate from me and so the awakening process is coming into an eternal truth it's coming into a a a moment of realization i think that that it's not a one-time thing that that it's a it's got layers to it and it's got levels not just one big bam you know it could be a big kabam but uh you know with the kabam then there's the resolution of the kabam and that's part of it too Thank you so much for explaining that because <laughs> there were times I'm like, oh, I like I know all of this stuff now and it's incredible. I'm tapping into it. But then again on Facebook, people talking about awakening, and I'm like, I didn't have this big kabam. And I was like, Am I not awakened? I'm like, <laughs> so it's funny because I was just like, is there something that's gonna happen after this that I haven't experienced yet? <laughs> like did I experience it, but it just wasn't as dramatic for me as for other people. So it's funny that you mentioned um, the whole Facebook thing, because yeah, yeah, like with the whole spiritual journey and thank God for like the internet, because it, I can't imagine having all these experiences like in the forties and not having anyone to talk to about it. At least it's a little more mainstream now, but yes, I was, I always had those thoughts. I'm like, am I, am I even awakened? Well, I, I like to say that it's a percentage deal that we're all, we're all awake, mm-hmm. but it's not a very high percentage. And so the idea is to increase our percentage. It's not, it's not outside ourselves. It's not somewhere else. The point is that it's already here. It's all about your attitude and what you're looking at. And if you're looking at, my God, that's a full cup, or how come the cup isn't full? Um, it's not about the cup. It's about what you're looking at. So true. And uh, yeah, it's so deep. And that's, I feel like that's why so many people can experience the same thing and they perceive it completely different based on their thought patterns and the things that they've experienced and how they respond to life, essentially. It's rather, rather amazing that we, we remember completely different experiences with the same experience. You, you mm-hmm. talk to someone who was at something and you say, wasn't that band wonderful? And they say, I don't even remember a band there. You know, yeah. it's like everybody <laughs> comes from a completely different place, you know? Yeah. And it's like, what, whatever you choose to focus on, like that's what basically gears your life experience and your perspective. That's why, like, I don't know. I, I just now I just have this idea that life is just fun, <laughs> and that's just it. And I'm just here to have fun. I'm here to enjoy myself, connect with others, and you know, share what I know that I feel inside that lights me up, and hope that it lights someone else up. But I'm like, I don't think it has to be any more complicated than that. <laughs> 
I think that the the real fun is that I don't share and that's okay too. That I also yes. feel the same things in not sharing. And I hear a lot of the sharing side, not not to speak to you, but there's a lot of the the that I spoke my truth and that I I'm in my power and and everybody knows about it. But I don't hear much of the other side is that I'm nothing and I don't know anything and uh, and yes. I'm really content with that. That that that, that who am I? Who am I, Indra, now that you're on this program? I'm nobody, you know? I was nobody before and I'll be nobody after, but, uh, you know, I'm so happy to be here. Yes, and that's, that's a beautiful, that's a really beautiful place to be. Because like you said, um, when we learn these things, we just want to share it with everyone, but it's also like being okay to not share. So if someone's not receptive, not having that energy of I'm right, you're wrong, this is how it is. And just like you said, knowing all these things, being happy to share and, but also being okay with not sharing and realizing that all of this knowledge that you're having, it's not just discoveries that you're having. There's a lot of other people that are also having them. And it's because we're all connected to that one consciousness. So they're not even essentially even like our creations or our discovery. So in that is a tremendous freedom. In, in that it's it's like that you breathe freely that there's if I do or if I don't that's that's a maturity you know it's the it's that look what I can do is good but it's it's only like halfway there then it's that I can do it but I don't have to do it and I and I can do it and nobody sees it and that's okay too or I don't do it and and nobody knows that I'm not doing it. And that's even, you know, that's really free. I love it. So really quickly, I know you do work with Enneagrams. So can you share what Enneagrams are? Enneagram comes from Greek and it means a nine-sided figure. And so it's, it's actually a combination. There's a geometric shape. It's got sacred geometry to it. It's got nine points and you can put different things at these points. But in the 60s, there was a man who came up with this idea who put personalities there. He was a psychologist, but he was also very spirit, deeply spiritual. And so the Enneagram, there are nine personality stories. And by understanding that one of them is at our core, it's one of them is who is how we relate to the world. And so it's an incredible psychological tool that helps us to know ourselves better and to get along with other people better. But it's also an incredible, very unique spiritual tool because it has no bias and it helps us to to by knowing our core triggers, it helps us to get back to the moment in order to be able to to wake up to who we really are. And so and so it doesn't it doesn't care what your story is. These particular nine stories. The way the Enneagram of Personality describes them at the deepest of levels, I believe it's the 5,000 years of Judeo-Christian conditioning that we pass down from family to from generation to generation. It's all of the limited thinking. It's all of the shoulds and all of the need tos and all of the expectations and all of the blaming and all and arrogance and those ways of being when we drop those then we live in a neutral space of peace bliss joy trust and awareness the enneagram gives us the ability to see who what story we run and then 
gives us uh, so much of the patterning that enables us to be able to see the stories in order to be able to then let them go. So it's, it's in our astrology charts, we're born with it. There are nine stories. I'll quickly go through the stories. So they're numbered one through nine. There's no hierarchy. One is the, is the perfectionist. And, they, uh, and, and we describe the stories from the negative side. The, the positive side for the perfectionist is that there is a, a right way to do things. And the negative side is, is that I need to do things the right way or else I don't feel adequate. The number two is the helper who takes care of other people in order to be worthy of love that you don't feel within your side that you're worthy of. The three is the achiever who is productive and very achievement oriented because without that, they, they feel unworthy and lacking. And the four is the individualist who is extremely sensitive to uh, to everything, uh, beautiful with words, beautiful with photography, with imagery, and they're the dancers, they're the beautiful people, and a lot of musicians, the fours, feeling everything, they, they have to learn the discrimination to not merge, to be calm, to develop equanimity, to become in the sea of emotions. That's the challenge for the four. The five is the observer. They use information as a means for security. And so they want to gather information. Let me think about it. I'll get back to you. They don't give you a direct answer. The six is the loyalist. They, they, have, they, they come from anxiety and the need for security. And they're incredibly sensitive and intuitive. So they can feel danger, even though it's five miles down the road, there's a cone in the road. And they're thinking, maybe I shouldn't leave because there's a cone in the road. And so they have to learn to stop being doubtful and to have faith to leap the gourd. That's the only way they can get out of it from this mental story. The seven, the enthusiast, we, we love greener pastures. We think we're running something, but we're running towards something, but we're actually running away from something, from something and that's our feelings. So we, we get very active and and, and have wonderful stories to tell you, but it's mostly about creating a show over here so you don't look at the fact that I'm feeling inadequate within myself as a seven mm -hmm. story. The eight is the challenger. They're the most assertive uh, people that there are. And the nine is the peacemaker. They disengage from themselves and they merge with other people and they're very accommodating. If you say, where do you want to eat? And they'll say, I don't care wherever you want to eat. And you say, how about Chinese again? And they say, great, but they don't really like Chinese. It doesn't really <laughs> sit with them, but they won't, they won't tell you until they're 40 or 50. So they get to a place <laughs> where they can, they can be honest with them and, the, and other people. So uh, you sometimes you might recognize some people in some of those stories, even though they're quick, there's some some of those that you may recognize. Those are the nine personality types. They all have a, the, we're, we're a social species. We need the nine types because we, we if we all had the same personality, not much would get done. And they have a high side, the, the higher octave. They have a beautiful high side, but mostly it's about letting go of the sticky parts of it in order to live from the moment, to live from the higher side, which is living from perfectionism or helping other people the two, or being the magician to accomplish the three and, and being, being sensitive and artistic as the four, uh, showing us how, what beauty is, the four, the most beautiful, thinking that they are the least beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's a tough story to be stuck in. The five with their wisdom and their, and their ability to understand. The six with their loyalty. The seven with their enthusiasm and ability to have fun. The eight 
with their assertiveness and, and confidence and the nine with their love and peace that they radiate. That's so interesting. I've honestly never heard of them. So how can we figure out our Enneagram and how can it bring us to greater self-awareness? There are some word tests that you can take and, and I offer to all of your listeners, if they're interested, if they just write me, I will both send you a test that for most people, for many people, they can find their Enneagram number in five or 10 minutes. It's a simple question, sets of three paragraphs. A, B, and C, and X, Y, and Z, and you pick one of each that you feel the closest to, and you and you go back to your twenties when you know we want that compulsion, so you you want to go back to when those compulsions were strong, and and so I'm happy to send that to you. There are some of those tests online. Some people have trouble finding their number because they're they're kind of complicated in that way. It's neither a good nor bad, but they but they have they just don't know themselves very well, and that's part of their story. When they figure out who they are, they've done a lot of their work already. Some of us have, they know, we know who we are pretty clearly. We can't help but radiate these stories strongly. And so for us, these tests are pretty clear. But for people that don't know themselves very well, it can be difficult. And, and so, but the test can help and it can start as a direction. And how you use it is to dig into the story. You, you recognize your patterning. You recognize the motivation behind behavior. You and then you start letting go of the story. It is it's not light fair. It goes to your deepest uh, core fears and insecurities, and it's color coded for you. You know, if you're if you're uh, seven like me, the four story just doesn't do it for you. The four mm-hmm. story is envy. If you're a four, envy is a tough place. But if you're not a four, then it's like a so what. And you can say, well, that's easy. It's easy until you get to your own. Then it's not so easy. <laughs> yeah, that sounds interesting. I definitely want you to share that link with me because I've I've done like stuff like human design and stuff, but I've never heard of the Enneagram. So I definitely would love if you could share it with me as well as my listeners. Sure, absolutely. So thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Before we go, is there any last words you want to share with my listeners, as well as any information of how they could connect with you further? Well, I suppose for the listeners, I just want to say uh, bless you and uh, bless you for listening. Bless you for searching. Bless you for doing the good that you do in this world. Uh, we certainly need it. And yes, and uh, blessing on your journey. And uh, if there's anything that I can do to help you, if you're interested in connecting and you have a question, I'm easy. Uh, just email me at indrarensler at gmail.com. If you're interested in either the Enneagram test, write me and I'll send it to you. Or if you're interested in your Vedic chart, uh, your Vedic astrology chart, I'm happy to send that to you for free. Also, I offer life readings. They're not for everybody. They're pretty deep. And if you're particularly struggling in this time in your life and, you're, and, you, and you don't really know who you are and you're having trouble placing yourself in this world and don't know what this world is about, who are you? I can help you make understanding out of this. I put the puzzle parts of your life together for you. Not that I do, but the teaching, the modalities do. They, they help you to understand who you are in a new way in order to be able to, uh, to become fully who you can be, who you who you are underneath it. Yeah, that's incredible. Thank you so much, Indra. I'm going to have all of your resources and your information down in the show notes. So it's just been a pleasure and I thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me today. I hope 
that resonated with you, beautiful soul. Thank you so much for listening, and I wish you well on your spiritual journey. Before I go, I would just like to remind you that I am launching the very first social and dating app for those of us who are conscious of the fact that we create our realities in order for us to connect with friends, potential love interests, while amplifying our manifestations and establishing a deeper connection with ourselves. My app is called Soul Tribe and I am so excited because it is a vortex of conscious connection and it includes so many amazing features which will allow for deeper connections, aligning with whatever it is that we want to create for ourselves within a vibrant and supportive high vibe community. And if you're also interested, all of the advertisement on Soul Tribe will be of high vibe businesses, services, and products. So if you have a high vibe business that you would like to promote within the app, we welcome you and we are so excited to promote whatever it is that you are creating, which will add positivity, joy, love, and light to our community. So check out the show notes with the link to the landing page so you can sign up to know when Soul Tribe is officially launching, which is very, very soon, as well as sign up to advertise within the app. I love you guys all and I thank you and until next time guys, I'm sending you guys all peace, love, and high vibes. Bye!